Welcome to a Northern Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Tim. The show's coming up soon. Hey friends, it's March 20th, 2022, the first day of spring here in the Northern Hemisphere. I hope everyone has had a fantastic week. I can't help but say the news today is such a drag with the Russia and Ukraine war, rising energy costs across the board, Our budget to own a family vehicle has seemingly doubled and everything is trickling along with it, like food and shelter. Family drives are now becoming a thing of the past. With costs going up, the less fortunate are having even harder times. Crime is on the rise. Scammers are becoming more sophisticated every day, working hard to steal our hard-earned money. With all that negativity aside, I think we all need to just relax and take a vacation, either in our mind or on a tropical beach. I think the most healthy people are hungry, and everyone wants to work and strive to become better than they were before. But we all need to take some time to reset and ground ourselves. As we continue through what's hopefully the end of the pandemic, let's work hard on building relationships, old and new, opening our minds to new ideas, forgiving, forgetting, and moving forward. I saw an article about how important it was to have a dedicated fitness regime by your late 20s or early 30s. And with COVID still looming, let's take this advantage of sunshine and take a little bit of time to work on our fitness. I've seen a video on Instagram stories today, and this guy, I'm sorry I don't have the tag for his name, but he says, you can't share your dreams and your goals with everybody. Nobody should have that sort of access to you. Nobody deserves to see something that's so fragile to you. They won't dream the same things that you do when you dream. And he's so right. You shouldn't let everyone into your life, especially if they don't care. You need to work on yourself. Only the most important people who are listening should have access to you, to your hopes, to your goals, to your dreams, because it's not worth your time and energy dealing with people who do not care about you. This quote was a nice way to lead into the show. Today I'm going to talk about the hottest trending crypto, ApeCoin, Canada's growing inflation, the future of real estate, and how a Ukrainian farmer minted Russian tanks as NFTs. Popular investment strategy among new investors called Dollar Cost Averaging, and I get into a book called Narcissistic Mothers, How to Handle a Narcissistic Parent and Recover from a Complex Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. This book may apply to you or someone you may know, but I hope you enjoy my take on it. Let's get into the first story regarding Canada's record-breaking inflation. CBC's Pete Evans reports Canada's inflation rate rose to a new multi-decade high of 5.7% last month as the price of everything from gasoline to groceries to shelter rose swiftly. Stat Canada reported Wednesday that the inflation rate was the highest it's been since August of 1991. That's up from January's level of 5.1%. Feels like everything is getting more expensive. It's because it is. Economist Royce Mendes with Montreal-based financial services firm Desjardins set off the numbers. Energy prices were a major factor in the increase as the ongoing crisis in Ukraine started ratcheting up prices last month and into the next. Retail gasoline prices jumped by 6.9% in the month of January alone and were up by almost a third compared to the same period last year. Lovely. I think it's obvious at this point that the cost of everything is skyrocketing. For commuters, our fuel costs have easily doubled in the past two years. I think we need to buckle down any frivolous spending and start focusing on the long term. Our focus should be on the things that will make our futures more comfortable. We need to become more self-reliant and self-sufficient. 
We need to grow our gardens. We need to manage our costs as efficiently as possible to counteract any inflation. Gold, Bitcoin, real estate, investing in stocks like Tesla, Amazon, and Microsoft can help you hedge your money against inflation, but it's not a guarantee. And I'm not going to get into any of the self-described hyper-deflationary crypto you can get into like SafeMoon or Baby Doge. It may be difficult to some, and if you're beginning a new career or you're having health issues, and I don't think there's a rush, but we all need to do what it takes to uh, beat the rising costs and prepare for the future because things are just going to keep going up and we got to figure out ways to uh, to manage those new costs. Stephen Punwasi for BetterDwelling.com reports, Canadian real estate prices might be in for a bit of a dip if one of the world's leading forecasters is right. The latest forecast shows home prices falling 24% by mid-2024. Higher interest rates and anti-speculation policies are forecast to begin the price declines this fall. A crash of 40% in a financial crisis is expected if these measures fail to correct and um, rise further. So... The firm sees a substantial decline in home prices, but not enough to roll back to 2020. And even with this correction, the firm expects prices to still be 15% higher than pre-2020. Could there be clear skies ahead for Canadian first-time homebuyers? Since the beginning of the pandemic, first-time homebuyers have been having a tough go in search for a new home in Canada's hottest areas like Toronto and surrounding areas like Niagara Region, a budding metropolis known for its um, winemaking and mild climate. A lot of people are overpaying in these hot markets and have massive mortgage payments every month. Most people have been lucky if they were able to get the low mortgage rates at the beginning of the pandemic, but as the rates set by the Bank of Canada rise, we are seeing increases across the board when it comes to transportation, food costs and entertainment, everything is rising. And the real estate market is really just as speculative as any other market. The market is going to have a lot of pressure over the next few years, in my opinion, as our population is increasing rapidly with mass immigration and uh, these new refugees coming in all the time. Even after the pandemic, the cities are bustling and everything is on the rise. My final take on this is that until we start gentrifying and repurposing old land from long-forgotten factories and cities and making affordable housing available to everybody across Canada and inside our budding metropolises, I don't foresee housing costs getting cheaper anytime soon. But I do have some hope that things could dip at some point so people could get in there and buy a house. Well, some bad news from Ukraine. BBC News reports that an art school in Mariupol where about 400 people were sheltering was attacked. And the city council says officials say that uh, the building has been destroyed and people could be trapped under the rubble. The president alleges that Russia committed war crimes in the city where the heavy fighting has been reached has now reached the center. It comes as officials there allege thousands of residents have been forcibly taken to Russian cities, and the BBC has yet to verify the claim. Ukraine military says Russia paused offensive operations on Saturday and said they replenished supplies and started repairing their equipment. So I don't know why would they attack a building with 400 people inside. I hope a lot of people got out, and there's no confirmed uh, reports yet. But um, I hope everybody got out and. At least not many people got injured. What a gutless act. And it seems like it's just one atrocity after the other at the hands of Russia. I'm no war analyst or fluent in war politics or world politics, but it seems to me that Russia isn't making much progress in Ukraine. How can they continue this onslaught without the help of other countries like North Korea or Syria? The world will have to rally for Ukraine and put an end to this before it gets even more out of control, whether it be words or shrapnel. Peace to the friendly Russians who don't fear change, and most importantly, peace to the Ukrainians who are dealing with this at home. But on a more positive note, so a farmer in Olishka near Kyiv has three Russian tanks, and he's selling them on OpenSea as NFTs and physical items. He's even put a picture up there on, about himself. 
but uh, seems like it can't be verified. He says, he says, each of my tanks are ethically sourced. That means they were abandoned. No crew was hurt in the process. The farmer says before further adding, all earnings will go directly into restarting our agriculture. After the war is over, Russian army has damaged a lot of expensive farming equipment in the community, which is necessary to supply Ukrainian homes with their homegrown crops. So you can buy your NFTs and they're about 700,000. He even says that uh, you can transport it yourself and if you're dedicated, you can even bring it to the USA. So good for this old guy hitting the Russians where it hurts, right in their military equipment. And um, it says that there's actually many reports of Russians running out of fuel in the farmer fields. So I hope we see lots of new Russian tanks for sale as NFTs. Could be an interesting investment for your future. With the cheapest tank going for around 700000 I don't think the Russians will be buying these tanks back anytime soon. Maybe they can just hide them in their sheds until the Ukrainian army comes and picks them up. Well, on another note, crypto is pleasantly volatile as usual. Bitcoin is uh, looking at a $25.4 billion daily volume today. And uh, market cap sitting at $986 billion. So still under that trillion dollars. Down 2% in the last 24 hours. But uh, I want to remind you that we're still up 7.5% in the seven-day chart. It's about the bigger picture with Bitcoin. The daily volatility is not something to worry about unless things are dropping in the double digits, which is possible. So time to time, I'll be adding small educational segments about popular investment strategies like dollar cost averaging and holding. But I want to get into much more than just the terms. This isn't financial advice, and I recommend doing your own research before listening to anybody else, especially me. Today I want to talk about dollar cost averaging, or DCA for short. The article I'm quoting is from Binance.com. Dollar cost averaging is an investment strategy that aims to reduce the impact of volatility on the purchase of assets. It involves buying equal fiat amounts of the asset at regular intervals. The reason I feel dollar cost averaging works for me is merely that it's less risky and you don't have to cop up a large investment all at once. Some would argue that it's not a sound investment strategy because professional traders know where to set their limits for maximum potential and only DCA as a reaction to bad trading. Another disadvantage of DCA is that the market tends to go up over time. This means that if you invest a lump sum earlier, it is likely to do better than smaller amounts invested over a period of time. The lump sum will provide a better return over a long run as the result of the market's rising tendency. But if you get caught buying high, you at least have the ability to lower your cost average by accumulating more crypto at set intervals. My final take on DCA or dollar cost averaging is do your own research. Find what works best for you. There are many investment strategies you can do to maximize the full potential of your investments. DCA is a good for low risk, low reward on average. And if you're a financial mastermind, I'm sure you have the funds to invest in a multitude of investment strategies when it comes to crypto, or NFTs, stocks, and DCA may not be the best strategy for you, so do your own research before you miss any potential gains. Well, it seems like there's a new contender for Shiba Inu and Dogecoin in the market now. The Board Ape Yacht Club NFT-related ApeCoin, Will Gotsigan, reports from Coindesk.com. Earlier this week, it was announced that members of the Board Ape Yacht Club NFT collection will be getting their very own cryptocurrency called ApeCoin. The ApeCoin is explicitly linked to these famously pricey non-fungible tokens and is very much involved with Yuga Labs, the company stewarding the intellectual property behind the Board Apes. But a carefully coordinated marketing campaign has taken great pains to dissociate ApeCoin from any one conventional corporation. Instead, the public relations messaging insists Ape 
ApeCoin is a product of ApeCoin DAO, brand new organizational unit governed entirely by token holders. Holding Ape makes you a member of the DAO. That's short for Decentralized Autonomous Organization, a kind of online collective centered around crypto. You don't even need to own a Bored Ape NFT to join. Hmm. So it recently just exploded. So if you were to be an early investor, you, you'd be laughing right now. But as the article states, let's get into some of the gibberish that what I was just talking there. The Ape coin is just another shit coin. And that it's been created to appeal to the masses of crypto and NFT investors. By owning this crypto, you are part of the Ape ecosystem. Big Yacht Art Club collect were all airdrop tokens as a utility to the NFT collection. Instant millionaires were made overnight, of course as the price soared, but quickly lost momentum as early investors who had airdropped the tokens dumped on what it seemed like to be an endless supply of new investors with eager fingertips. ApeCoin is sitting at $4 billion in volume today. It's worth more than what most projects that have been around for years. I think I'm going to get it some ApeCoin once the price is more attractive as I don't want to be supplying liquidity for early investors so they can sell high. If you're going to buy some ApeCoin, I recommend to buy it through an exchange like Crypto.com or Binance to avoid any ETH fees. If you want to move it to your own wallet, you'll have to pay some gas fees. So do your own research and uh, be careful when dealing with uh, crypto or any investments at all. So, For the last topic today, I want to talk about another book. I recently listened to. It's called Narcissistic Mothers, How to Handle a Narcissistic Parent and Recover from Complex Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. The writer is Carolyn Foster. I'm going to leave a link in the description of today's podcast. The book description reads, Are you an adult child of a narcissistic mother? Do you suspect your mother has NPD? If you don't become mentally or emotionally free, your mother will keep living in your head and affecting your life, even after she's gone. If you feel like it's time to change, this book will be the best tool for you. This book will inspire you to take action and change your situation, moving the first step forward, freeing yourself from narcissistic abuse and overcoming trauma. You'll discover all the reasons why your childhood has been so traumatic. You'll discover all the dysfunctional beliefs and habits that you developed during your childhood, and you will learn how to contrast complex post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms and much more. Adult children of narcissistic parents are often plagued with so much guilt and a sense of deep obligation and shame that they feel duty-bound to keep whatever happened in the family secret, even when it is shredding their lives. It is difficult to share your opinion and your experience because narcissists, especially narcissistic mothers, can be very good at creating the perfect image of their family for outsiders. The solution is not forgiving or forgetting. You should understand your situation and work on your self-development in order to take, it, take back and control your life. Even if you were born in the wrong place and grew up dealing with a narcissistic mother, you can leave the past behind and build a better future. And it's never too late, so this book here is kind of where you can start. And I think for myself, as I continue to grow and investigate life's meaning, the reasons the way I am, the way I am, the search for deeper meaning that I have inside me, I think the only way to confront and break the pattern is to change, to educate, take the time to read and to learn, and to try to heal yourself from the inside, from your past. But it's something that takes a lot of work and power to do. But it is possible. But you have to make the changes to better yourself now, to, to better your future self. And the past is the past. And even though you can relive the pain in a heartbeat, use that hardship and use that pain inside to drive you to the next chapters of your life. And the first step is wanting to, to change. And you have to learn and get educated. But I want to thank everyone today for listening to the podcast. Please join me weekly, every Sunday.
I'll probably focus on creating one episode weekly. As I figure out how to manage this into my regular routine, I'm going to stay committed to the podcast, increasing the quality. I hope everyone enjoyed today's show. So thank you for listening to a Northern Perspective podcast, and I'm your host, Tim.